Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome Pranita Chetri, who is the co-founder of Books for Change. And this is a wonderful initiative that is supporting child-friendly libraries in Nepal and India. And Pranita really goes the whole way to the most remote areas to bring more educational support there. It's a wonderful project. I really love it. <laughs> so Pranita will speak to us about the courage to live your purpose today. Welcome, Pranita. Do you want to say a few words about yourself? Um, thank you so much uh, for the quick introduction. Uh, hi, everyone who's joining in today. And namaste to people who are joining in uh, from Nepal. Um, so I'm Pranita, and um, I've been um, building this organization with my husband for the past four years. Um, and along um, with libraries this year, we also started um, supporting schools with solar and computer. Uh, there was a need in this time of digital education, especially with Corona. We saw that there was a need in order to fulfill that. We are also um, expanding our programs. Uh, we have a small team in Nepal and in Switzerland who are working um, together in order to reach access um, of quality education to the rural communities and children. Wonderful. It's a great project. And we'll show a little video <clears throat> at the end of this talk so that people can see a bit what you're doing. And I love, by the way, the video because there are no words in the video and the images speak by themselves. And I think only really strong projects, strong purposes speak by themselves. So grand congratulations for that. We'll, we'll, we'll Thank show you. <laughs> at the end. Um, Pranita, when you went off for this project, um, and it's all about having the courage to live this purpose, I imagine that in the moment when you thought, this is something I would really love to do, and I see a true need, and I want to contribute to this, what were some maybe limitations, some hesitations that you had by that time, and how did you overcome these? Um, I think first I'd like to start off with why I started this and how I started this organization. Um, going back nine years ago, I was 21 um, and I just finished my bachelor's. I was traveling in Nepal and I registered myself as a volunteer in one organization which was uh, run by trafficking survivors and for um, the children and the girls who were trafficked to India. So I registered myself as a volunteer there and um, I thought maybe I will be here for one month. This is going to get over and I will go back. So I I was there and I'm being, being at a very, um, I think this young age of finding your true purpose in life. Um, this, uh, this event really shaped my, um, shaped my purpose, I would say. And uh, one month turned into one year and I was there with the girls teaching them English, um, as well as reading, uh, reading books to them and using books as a tool of therapy. 
Um, so in this time, I also met my husband. So I sort of introduced him to this organization and said, like, why don't we do something here? And nine years ago, this, the Books for Change started. But four years ago, we registered itself as an organization and we built our first library in this organization for girls uh, in Nepal. So um, and in this process, I think what I realized was um, that the um, there are different social evils, but education is a very powerful tool to sort of fight against the social issues. Um, I think some of the challenges that I faced in this journey um, would be, um, I, I mean, I do not have this um, um, education on like um, rural development or 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 like an MBA or or so I do not have this like um, education but I think it was for me just to go there on the field learn what the other organizations are doing it learn how could we do it different so after this one year um, volunteership in Nepal I moved to India to do my masters and um, after completing uh, my masters um, there was this inner voice uh, that that just drew me back to Nepal to start uh, the organization what would have happened and this is purely theoretical <laughs> if you had not listened to that inner voice and if you had gone the normal way yeah find a secure job and do something else what would have happened to you you think uh so uh, when I was doing my master's in Bangalore, we have like campus recruitment and you have like companies uh, coming there. Um, and also like I did my master's in um, literature and communication. So I wanted to become a teacher then. Uh, so I got a job as a teacher in an international school, Indus International School. Um, and um, so they would train me for six months to do this training and then I would become a teacher and live in Bangalore and to do this job. So 10 days before the job, um, I had this constant like conflict within me and, um, and I thought a lot about it. It was just this voice telling me that to, to, to continue what I was doing in Nepal, uh, uh, to 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 start something, um, just just continue and and um, and and start books for change. I think this was something that was so strong. Um, and ten days before, I wrote a very heartfelt letter to the director that see like you will find many people who would teach uh, the children in your school. But I know that um, there will not be enough people who will stand for uh, rural children in Nepal. I think I have to go back. And 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 that was that was the feeling. And I moved to Nepal and um, I was responsible to uh, sort of design the library, uh, visit organizations, visit schools. And my husband uh, in Switzerland, he did the fundraising uh, partnerships and sort of raising funds so that I could really start the project and take off books for change. If not, I think you're coming back to your question. I think I would be a teacher somewhere in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. Which is not bad either. And which is also... <laughs> Purpose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I can imagine that people ask you quite often, you know, people 
I think it's relatively obvious why you found that purpose. You, you, you kind of popped into it somehow and then you felt this need and could not disconnect anymore from this need that is out there. Um, but I can imagine that people ask you relatively frequently about, okay, um, but, but if I have a purpose, yeah, I have a purpose, but for this, I probably would have to give up my whole professional life. I'd have to do something totally out of the box. And as you said rightly before, or rightly you said it from your perspective, that you in the beginning did not have like the qualifications or like official qualifications for doing this. Um, what do you answer to people who ask you, how can I make my purpose a reality? What do you recommend to them to do, first of all? Um, I think many people um, have this excuse that I do not have time. Uh, but I think if you are really passionate about something, um, you create your own time. Uh, it's not about, I think, giving up a very secured job and uh, going like um, 100% into something completely new and um, unexplored, unexplored territory. But I think it's about um, doing something on the side, building it up. And then when you feel that, okay, now is the time to get into um, get into it 100% and uh, build it up, then you will find your way. But I think if you are passionate about something, I know that you will definitely find time, energy to build something on your side beside your um, job, day job. It's all about setting the right priorities or setting different priorities. Yeah. Setting the yeah, priorities. Exactly. That, yeah. Um, and it's true. Um, we often hide behind that for years and years, maybe even. And some of us have an idea in mind. And sometimes this idea is a little bit vague, like I want to help other people. That's what I hear very often, but they don't know exactly how and what and then search for something which is in their area of expertise as well. Um, you did it completely from your heart, I think. And yeah. I think it's very courageous also to go there and despite all the logistical um, obstacles which you had, despite all these infrastructure obstacles which you certainly had, um, and, and just trying to get there. How was it in your, the first time, whatever you, you qualify as the first time, yeah? is it maybe the first time when you went there with books or the first time when you went to a very, very remote area or something like that. But the first time where you had a feeling, now I'm doing something where I'm really out of my comfort zone. I have no clue if this will work out. Um, we, we did our best to prepare for it, but are we ready? <laughs> Not really sure, 100%. When you had to do this, can you share a little bit how you felt about it, how you how you managed maybe these anxieties which you might have had by then? Um, I think one of the learning was um, just to be bold enough to ask questions and to ask for help. I think this was something that I learned. So when I was working in uh, Kathmandu, I visited many organizations who were also doing this a similar type of work. So I visited the schools um, that they supported, uh, to the, uh, the libraries that they had supported. So I went there, I saw their infrastructure, I saw the structure that they were using, and I thought, okay, this is really 
really great that, that I could use this as an inspiration for our library. So I think I also did a lot of research on the way. Um, I did not, I think it was also important for me to be sure of what I want before we go there. So a lot of research was happening, but at the same time, it was always this thing of like, when a child enters the library, um, a child, he should be happy. He should not be like, be overwhelmed with too many books. So designing that library was really important for me. Um, so when I went there for the first time, I think what we had, it was very clear in my mind that I wanted um, something that would make the child happy. So we had like bright, colorful um, paintings. We had like uh, furniture, very child-friendly design furniture, and we had a structure. So I think it was like as soon as I... Uh, did my research, it, it became easier for us to sort of like um, make a design and then go ahead with that. But something that I learned on the way was, I think at the beginning for me, it was just the school and the organization trying to build a library. But then later on, what we realized was um, for our programs to be successful, it was not just the school and the children. It was important for us to involve the community, to involve the teachers, to involve um, uh, the school management committee. So I think um, later on we did this, I think from how we started and now it's like a very community centered approach where the support is not only books for change, but also getting support from the community, whether it's like 10% um, of fin financial support or just the support from the rural uh, leaders and rural women. So this was the shift that happened over the years. That's a very interesting shift. And I think it's a good advice for anyone who wants to start even an own business, because very often we have a we have an idea, an idea of what the needs are. And then we go out and just provide it. Yeah, we push it into the market somehow without truly listening. And I think your point about asking questions and being courageous enough to ask these questions is a very good advice for anyone who wants to start something and to have a more inclusive approach, even maybe building partnerships before you haven't even started something and uh, make sure that you are really doing what, what your audience wants and needs instead of presuming yeah, or assuming what they probably want because you, you are so sure about that you know, but when you ask questions, you realize it's not exactly what I thought it was. It's it's often really yeah. close to, but if it's not exactly the right thing, then people don't feel helped, they don't feel listened, and they probably do not also adopt your idea and um, truly use what you're providing. In your case, yeah. the library, if it wouldn't have been child-friendly or too complex, too overwhelming, maybe you wouldn't have any effect. So it's something that seems obvious, but not, not enough done, I think, out there in the marketplace in general. <laughs> yeah. I have another question to you. I remember when we spoke uh, before a few weeks ago when we were preparing a little bit this talk and I got to know you, you said that once you showed up first time there in, in a place in Nepal or in, was it in a school, I think, uh, the person who was receiving your welcome, you was very surprised to see a young woman there because uh, that was not usual. It's not the normal thing also in this culture that a young woman takes this initiative and has the lead above it. How, how did you feel about that and how did you deal with this? Um, I think right now the scene is slowly shifting. Um, but I think when I started, when I started it, um, there was this um, 
I think it's still a very patriarchal society where um, almost like we've completed 21 libraries and out of 21 libraries, there's just one female principal there in the school out of the 25 libraries that we've, um, out of the 21 schools that we have worked with together. So, um, so I think when I started, um, when I started Books for Change, um, I mean, when I went to the rural region and I, I mean, I was just going alone there with a driver and um, to sort of see me and to have this like, um, it was, I think it was very overwhelming for them uh, that they have to listen to someone who is so young. Uh, but at the same time, I think it was also for me a learning experience to deal with this community, to how do I make sure um, that a long-term partnership is formed um, and 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 how should they try to uh, see that that the um, that that what I see um, and and how we work is as important that if a male person would, would see and work. So I think it was very important for me. And what I learned was also like communicating very clearly that this is what uh, that this is what we do and this is what we expect from you. So I think this was also something that was um, that was one of the learning that that helped me that to um, explain myself very clearly. And when you do that, I think it makes things much more easier. Yeah. I'm just writing down notes. For <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. And I, yeah, and I think um, many learnings along the way. I think um, just just the thought of like nonprofit. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of cynicism around nonprofit, um, but I think it's important for me personally to sort of like um, differentiate between constructive criticism and uh, destructive criticism. I think um, I think it was important for me uh, to uh, when somebody criticizes you, criticizes your work. I think it it is really good because it sort of makes you reflect on your work. Um, it reflects um, like, okay, what are the things that I have to do to improve myself, which is really great. But I think on the other side, like um, it is also important not to let ourselves drown or have so much fear with destructive criticism. I think it's important to use that destructive criticism as a power to motivate yourself, to fuel yourself to do better. So I think um, this is uh, what I've learned. And and I think with, with, with changing this, um, reimagining um, the experience of giving for the donors, I think it was for me so important to learn that. And, and my greatest, I think, um, inspiration currently are like Charity Water and Pencil of Promise. Both of these organizations are doing really great work. And also like um, giving that the, the, the people who want to donate should be fun, contemporary, and we want to communicate that through pictures, videos, and 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 make this this giving experience very joyful uh, for the donors. Um, so I think for us, it's important that both our parties, like um, the communities that we are dealing with, and as well as the partners, the sponsor who would like to sponsor us, to have this long-term partnership and also have this trust from both of the parties so this is what is um, important important for us yes you try you try to create a lot of connections not just be an organization who is raising funds from a lot of anonymous people and at the end not really connecting with them 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this is for us uh, very important that the uh, donors um, should also see where exactly the money is going. I think transparency is one of the values that we strongly stand by. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think it's also important for our um, our um, communities that we are working with that we represent them in a way that we celebrate them. I mean, just because a community is um, is in need. Um, we do not undervalue certain qualities that the community stand by. So I think it's for us, it's very important that the community stand in the center. They require help, but but it's also important for us to 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 put them in a very positive way and and not to sort of like devalue their um, their life or or to belittle them. I think this is uh, this is the word that that it's important for us to also celebrate them and and to stand by them and to stand and and yes, like sort of not to uh, degrade their pride. So to to represent them in a very positive way is also for us equally important. Yeah, it's about really empowering the other people instead of yes. just giving charity away, just just giving money exactly. and then you go. Yes. It's really about empowering them, giving them a feeling that they can also build something and have a true impact themselves. Mm, yes, I, exactly. I think it's important and certainly the the only way also to have a lasting impact in areas where we they need more development because at the end it, it only can really work on the long run if they build it also from the inside out and if they can feel and own the project locally as well yeah yes absolutely looking into the sustainability i think that helps mm -hmm. today as you are living this wonderful purpose every single day okay is this is this like a wonderful daydream even though it's challenging obviously a challenging project yeah but if, if if do you wake up every morning with this feeling wow i'm doing something great with my life i feel good about myself i'm in peace with myself or do you also have moments of frustration where you wonder why you're doing this where you where you think like oh no i should have maybe done something that is just more calm and less demanding on my life how do you live this emotionally um i think it's it's not every day that i wake up and think that i what i'm doing makes a purpose uh, there are definitely days of um, frustration I, i wouldn't deny that uh, but i think um, uh, it's important to sometimes celebrate how far you've come i think we don't do that often and when i um, when i am having this feelings of doubt and fear um, that i sort of sit down and reflect on the first library that we've built and we've like reached like our 21st library so that like looking back and being grateful of what you have achieved till now also gives me a lot of purpose um, and um, And I think what is also important um, uh, is having this, um, getting the support from the team. I think um, our team, as well as in Switzerland, as well as in Nepal, we have a very, very strong bond. We sort of like motivate each other, help each other out. And this also sort of keeps me motivated um, in a way. Um, and the other thing is, I think what I've learned last year, I was in a Singha um, mentorship 
um, Singha program. And in this program, I had a mentor. And I also realized the importance of having a mentor in, in, in one's life. Because having a mentor, um, it was not just about like um, understanding your project clearly. But I think it was also about like having someone who trusts you and who believes in you that, that, that your project will take off. So I think... Um, um, I, I think when you have the supportive community around you, it helps you to keep motivated. And when on days when you are um, not doing well, I think it's this community who will really push you and say like, yeah, what we've done till now is, is already really, really great. But I think um, having big dreams in life is also as important. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it actually really, really is. And what what how it brings me beautifully to my next question what would you say to people who say hey i have no dreams i have no purpose i have really nothing that inspires me really i'm doing my my nine to five job or today it's maybe a nine to seven job but i don't really know what else i could do with my life i'm not satisfied but i have no clue yeah where to go do you have a, any advice that you can give here um i think uh, speaking from advice, I think it's important that uh, people reflect on their life, people reflect on their values. I think this is so important. And I think every one of us have had special events in our lives that have shaped us. For me, it was the volunteer experience. I experienced the earthquake in Nepal and I experienced certain things that 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 really helped me to shape books for change, that I really want to take this purpose forward. So I think it's important for people out there to reflect on their values, to reflect on their these special events or moments in their life that have um, that have spurred their inner voice. Uh, so I think it's important to do, to do that. Many people are so busy in their this everyday chaotic life that that they don't find time or energy to sort of reflect on that so i think it's important to do that and this will help you i think find that purpose that you are looking for um the other thing is i think having dreams is really important in life i'm, I'm hopelessly idealistic i think it just keeps me so motivated and we started with libraries we just completed our solar and computer lab support and now i think we want to go into building schools maybe like not now but like maybe two years or five years down the line building green sustainable uh, green schools in in a rural region I, I think when i sort of imagine that it just keeps me really motivated it helps me to find out solutions how where can i um, receive help whom do i find so i think it's so important to have dreams because it it gives us meaning it gives us energy and 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 yes i think it's it's really important to have that but i think um also being like hopelessly idealistic, but at the same time, I read somewhere that um, important decisions in life should be taken by heart and small decisions in life should be taken by mind. So, <laughs> so here you go. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. And it's absolutely true because our, our heart, which is like nourished by all the information that we store in our subconscious and our subconscious doesn't forget any single detail we ever lived through, any single information, it's all there, yeah? So if we take it by the heart, we have this huge, let's say database of personal information where we plow in whereas if you only take it with our head it's only what we have in our conscious mind it's only the facts that are up front here 
and it's a really small number of information which we have there. And I think in the contrary of what most very rationally driven people think is that you take much more informed decisions actually when you take it from the heart than when you take it from your from your mind purely. I like that comment very much. <laughs> so we're coming already to the end. I can't believe it. I'm feeling we have spoken like 10 minutes or so. Uh, but it's nearly half an hour already. And you have said a lot of a lot of really nice things which people can use to implement a purpose or to get further down the road to to find their purpose which is another area of, of activity actually to find really your purpose but when you have one or when you have a spark of an idea what you want to do then something that i picked up which you said before was about really ask questions if you're not sure about your project or your project is very vague, go out and ask the people you think they might be the ones who need this value or this is what you bring um, and ask what they need and really get into a discussion. And by this, create even a network, maybe already, maybe you start creating even partnerships like you did. And like this, you feel much safer into moving forward. Yeah, you don't feel alone. You're not just a single warrior out there in a hostile world, but you feel like, wow, I already have some ground with people i know where i want to go i think this is absolutely crucial and makes a huge difference when i compare also with a lot of people i work with who are doing this really like lonely warriors yeah? and it's very very hard <laughs> to get to something like this creating your own time the first thing you said it's very important because we decide nonetheless how we spend our time. And yes, you have to neglect maybe something, even have the courage to neglect something, to be clear about this, but to go for something else that is maybe more valuable and brings not only more value to you, but maybe to the world as such. And this is, I think, worth neglecting something that is maybe less important. That was a good thing. Then there was this whole thing about also taking in criticism as constructive feedback, building on this, learning also from maybe your failure, maybe your mistakes, but learning also from what other people can't understand and what they think is wrong and building on this in a constructive way is a good thing. And then doubt and fear, you mentioned that, and it's coming back to the support piece. So if upfront you create like a community or at least um, a bunch of people you can ask for help, maybe there's even even a mentor in there, which you feel like a mentor, someone you can ask for something bolder, yeah, which is a comp who is accompanying you along the way. Great thing. <laughs> and again, you're not alone. You can overcome fears. You can overcome obstacles. So we have a lot of things on your list. If there's just one last word from you, Pranita, about when someone now says, wow, 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 I always had this idea what I will do with my life, but I never did it. Now I will give it a start. What would be for you the very first advice, the first, first step that this person can take to move on towards his or her dreams? Uh, take action. I think this is so important that sometimes um, we we have everything placed on our mind we have it everything on paper but i think taking the first step is so important it's until and unless you do this um i think it's difficult so just take that first step and learn by doing i think for me i live by that principle and and this has helped me to come along this way um because sometimes when you're just sitting there theorizing um, everything it just it just becomes sometimes too overwhelming. So I think I would just ask them to just take the first step and see what comes along. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. 
What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.